1: Namai, Harimai, Kiora Tanakwe, Free of Heaven, 89.0, Independent Community Media. This is Cosmopolitan News and Views. First, the breaking news. There are four new COVID-19 community cases across the Taurua and Lakes districts. The Ministry of Health reported earlier in the morning these cases have been verified because I heard them earlier on Radio New Zealand. The Two Lakes District cases were detected after a person sought care at Rotorua Hospital for a non-COVID-19 health matter and subsequently returned a positive test result. The person was not in contact with any other patients as they were placed in a room set aside for possible uh, COVID-19 cases. There's also cases in Taupo, and there's also an alert in Wire Rapper with a warning that Lookout Wellington, yes, your turn is next. I've got family in Taupo. I'm a bit worried this morning. I just hope they are well. And one of the links to the Taupo case is a strip club in Taupo. There's other places of interest too. So, as uh, we warn you, COVID. Uh, tracing is underway for all four of cases and locations of interest and will be added to the Ministry of Health website. We'll have more after one o'clock this afternoon so this is starting to get a bit worried but uh, Mel will join me shortly. Frank Ifield was number one five weeks this day November 14 1962. Ifield had been born uh, October 30, 1937 in Coventry. Raised in Australia and returning to the UK, signed to Columbia Records UK under Norrie Paramore. He was number one with Lovesick Blues. Three number ones, I Remember You, The Wayward Win and Confessing the following year. This year, Frank Ifield was 84. I
2: got a feeling called the blues and my baby say goodbye And I don't know what I'll do All I do is sit and cry Oh, 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 that last long day She said goodbye Lord, I thought i am gonna cry She'd do me, she'd do you She's got the kind of love And God'll love to hear it When she calls me sweet, baby Such a beautiful dream I hate to think it's all over oh, I lost my heart, it seems Well, I've grown so used to you somehow That I know nobody's sugar daddy now And I'm a lonesome I got the lovesick blue. When I'm in love, I'm in love with a pretty little gal That's what's the matter with me When I'm in love, I'm in love with a pretty little gal But she don't care about me well, I tried and I tried just to keep her satisfied, but she just would not stay. And now that she is leaving, this is all I can say. I got a feeling called a blue, Lord, oh, since my baby said goodbye. And I don't know what I'll do, all I do is sit and cry. Oh, Lord, oh, oh, that last long day she said Goodbye it when I thought I'm gonna cry She'd do me, she'd do you She's got the kind of love And oh, i love to hear her when she called me sweet Baby, such a beautiful dream I hate to think it's all over I lost my heart it seems Well, I've grown so used to you somehow That I know nobody should be down in now And I'm alone I got the lusty sick
1: well, I'm lonesome. I got the Free of M89.0, independent community media. This is Cosmopolitan News and Views. It's a quarter to one. Hello, Mel.
3: Hello. It must be nearly a decade has gone, you know, since the municipal swimming pool was there, actively engaging, especially the young people of the city, the schools. They would walk their pupils there. And there's been an outcry for uh, that decade since it was closed it was closed on the basis that it was said to be an earthquake risk and it was obviously taking the maintenance and uh, expenditure that pools normally do but the point was it was central city it was a hundred years history and now all we see down there and have for so many years is it boarded up Security notices, trespass notices. It's absolutely useless in its present form. And still
1: they get in there. I've heard reports in that decade of people being found in the swimming pools, sleeping in in the changing rooms or on the steps, so I don't think the security measures are working very well.
3: Well, there's an organisation that noticed all of that and gathered together citizens of this city, and they now call themselves Hamilton Swim in the City. Because the emphasis seems to have shifted in this organisation, which is also equivalent to Waikoko or Kirikiri that there be provision for another pool to replace the one that's considered at risk, but on the same site. And to advocate for that is Catherine Lukedina of Hamilton. Welcome, Catherine. Hello, Catherine.
4: Hello, how are you? Oh, great to be
3: here. It's great to be here.
1: We're in uncertain times, but hey, people have still got to exercise.
4: Yes, yeah, so I just had a lovely run around the bridges. And uh, there was a lot of people out exercising. And um, But it would be lovely <clears throat> if we could all exercise in an outdoor pool because what they're finding in Auckland with their lockdown is that they're not opening their indoor pools um some people are swimming in outdoor pools that the school squads um and the swim school squads are swimming in outdoor pools but people can't swim in indoor pools so in these covert times uh where you have to be careful about ventilation outdoor pools seem to be the go So it would be nice if Hamilton City were to recognise that and provide us with an outdoor pool in the centre of the city, in the municipal pool site.
3: And it's a changing in the city, Catherine.
4: It is. It's growing. It's growing in the numbers of workers and skyscrapers built up buildings and in the number of people physically living in the city there's a huge number of apartments that have gone up and many of them are designed for people to not have cars to be able to walk wherever they need and realistically it's a long way to walk to Waterworld or to the Gallagher Pools and there's no other publicly available swimming pool in a walking distance for those people.
3: Those who calculate a walking distance seem to use as one yardstick 20 minutes. Yes. Is that reasonable?
4: I think uh, that's reasonable. Of course, if you're having your, your lunchtime and you want to be able to get a decent swim and you've got to walk 20 minutes there 10 minutes swim, 10
0: minutes getting here, <laughs> that's
1: pretty quick
4: lunch break back. i i
1: i think also catherine at the moment the council have got other things on their minds with covert are also objecting to the new housing plan put forward by national and labor together and uh, they've got other they've got other matters on their collective minds at the moment
4: absolutely they've got the three waters issues as well um, But, you know, there's always going to be issues for councils to grapple with. I accept that COVID does make life very difficult, but council is, in fact, going ahead with other plans at Waterworld and at um, Rotatuna. Mm -hmm. So it's not as if they're just not doing anything about pools. It's good that they're... Coming up with a with a rotator pool, but that was always envisaged as being in addition to the municipal pools being open. Oh, they're, they're
1: also yeah. going to rede they're also going to redevelop their council chamber too. I read during the week.
4: Ah, I yes, I heard that there was a potential for that to fit in the extra two representatives, but I didn't realise that it, it had been. it was a done deal.
1: But back to the swimming pool, have you passed the pool here in central Kirikiriroa recently?
4: Um, During lockdown I haven't been out and about much Um, I can't quite tell you when I was last (laughs) When I went past it last I,
1: I I'm, I'm glad you're doing some exercise Running around the bridges You haven't run into the, some of those cyclists That Martin Gallagher was complaining about this week too
4: Yes, well I'm, I'm a cyclist And I cycle along the river And I totally agree with Martin there Personally, I think there should be A speed limit for cyclists anywhere On any shared path And it should be perhaps Ten kilometers an hour or fifteen kilometers an hour, um, people can only run at about people only run at about ten kilometers an hour, and that 's pretty much what people are able to to um, kind of process in their thoughts in terms of people coming towards them at speed.
1: Well, I hope that includes those scooters too because uh, a lot of them running around town with their people on them with no mask, etc, no social distancing and uh, yeah, I hardly go into the CBD now.
3: Mm. We have little doubt, Catherine, that should you be in the CBD and they rip away some of those boards to allow you access, fill up a few cracks that were leaking water, fill in the the swimming pool with, with water, you'd be in and you'd be like a duck. You are one who would swim several times a week. If you could, you'd be doing it now.
4: Yes, exactly. I certainly would. And um, if, if I could get get a space in there, because if those pools were open, uh, they would be very, very popular. There would be people lining up as there were when Hamilton Amateur Swimming Club was running the pools. And um,
3: if, if it were open
4: Hamilton,
3: as it used to be, there's likely to be attracted many, many more because... These are the people who take up the opportunity to enjoy life as it is in Central City, Hamilton. That's right. More and and more of them all the time because they have these little apartments. So small, there's not much room for recreation inside. And besides, they came to the city to enjoy the city precincts, but no pool now.
4: That's right, and it's a it's a crying shame. There's been a whole generation of children, um, the ones who who live in those pokey little apartments, and also the ones who have been uh, growing up around Case Paddock, uh, Hamilton East, etc. That's children at the six schools that are in walking distance of the municipal pools. There's basically been a generation of children go through. Who
1: have not had the opportunity For adequate
4: swim training and it, Which it, is a life
1: skill It just reminds me of that TV ad Where the uh, the daughter goes swimming Then the father takes swimming lessons So um, it's Yep, I, I would love to get back in the pool I might have to buy myself a paddling pool I was in the warehouse yesterday Buying a plunger And I saw the prices of those, of those uh, Little pools But no, I want the real thing The real swimming pool
3: Well, you could certainly use a million dollars, Bruce, because uh, that's what this Hamilton City Council's long-term plan. It includes the provision in the estimates for a million dollars to demolish the municipal pools, because they still exist there behind all the boards. Now, rather than uh, demolishing, they should focus on reconsidering the decision in view of the growing population of the inner city, do you think?
4: I absolutely do think that and we've put that to Hamilton City Council time and time again but successive councils this is the third mayor we've had Um, we understand that um, Julie Hardacre and Andrew King had their own ideas about what they wanted for the site uh, for the site when Port of Southgate was campaigning, she seemed in favour of redeveloping the municipal pools to, to make it available as a swimming venue uh, but over the two years she's been near all that's happened is that council has pushed ahead with plans to demolish the pools
1: Have, have you had a chat to the new uh, um, Hamilton Kirikiri Row CEO? What's his name? Um, Lance?
4: Lance We have um, engaged with Lance repeatedly over the years. Mm. Um, He has expressed that he was in favor of the municipal pools. He expressed that he, when he was with Auckland Council, he was involved in the redevelopment of the historic tepid baths in the central city of Auckland. Um, But again, Council is still planning to Demolish the municipal
1: pool Oh well it's time to grab the ear of Say Mark Bunting who's become a bit Of a rebel in Council lately
4: um, Mark Bunting has been quite hard To, to pin down <laughs> uh, For us we Did manage to have one meeting with him But he's not in favour of the municipal
3: pools It seems that some councillors change their minds when they sit and look at the numbers it's the numbers that does it if it could be done cheaply to resurrect the municipal pools it would have been done by now Um, rate payers are
4: concerned Yes, perhaps we we don't know certainly um, it could have been done cheaply and in fact um, when the pools first closed, uh, Sport Waikato and Perry Group went to council with a fully costed proposal, um, and council nevertheless declined. So, um, yes, and obviously Perry's and Swimming Waikato went elsewhere. Perry's have built two pools since then, at least. Um, or should I say complexes? The uh, the St. Peter's swimming pool, the outdoor pool, and, and the indoor pool as well. I understand, and also the Cambridge pool. Mm-hmm. So, Perry's put a lot of money into swimming venues outside of Hamilton City because, um, and you know, Hamilton City could have taken advantage of, of Perry's generosity, but didn't.
3: Almost as though they have an aversion to the idea that people go and dress in swimming togs in the centre of Hamilton, after all, you know, is it that some people hold a prejudice of that kind? They think it's not for there. it's not done. Yes, I don't know
4: what it is. Um, I guess council is not made up of avid swimmers.
1: Maybe they don't want a bikini being worn through in the central city
5: <laughs> well,
4: some of the clothes that some of the people wear some of the time <laughs> in in Hood Street or whatever <laughs> a bikini might be <laughs> an improvement as they say um,
1: as they say togs, togs, togs
4: indeed, indeed. <laughs>
3: Well, it goes a long way attracting attention, doesn't it? And
4: well, yes. Um, but, you know, we... As well as providing a swimming venue for people to walk to, for schools to walk to, for inner-city dwellers and workers to walk to, the Municipal Pools is part of our heritage. It's been there for 110 years now, almost, and... Um, it's just a shame to see it let go. Mm-hmm.
5: Um,
4: It's in an area, it's in a very historic area, there's another 11 listed heritage sites within 300 metres of the municipal pools. And you would think that um a council would want to preserve its heritage but it just wants to knock it down or
3: lip service Um, almost in your estimation to the idea of having a vibrant city that suits all ages and especially the people in the
4: apartments. Absolutely. um, Having the the pools there as a fully functioning uh, swimming venue actually meets every um, strategy, policy and plan you know, in in the long term plan, there's these um, these five um, what do they call them? Priorities for the city: a city that's easy to live in, a city where our people thrive, a central city where people love to be, a fun city with what lots to do, and a green city. So I'm not quite sure how demolishing an outdoor swimming pool in the centre of the city fits in with that.
3: Something has gone awry. Whatever the figures were a decade ago when the pool was closed, of the people considered to be within walking distance of the pool, it would have doubled, tripled since then with all the building expansion. And there's more to come, Catherine.
4: That's right. uh, Hamilton City is expected to grow a lot over the next 25 years or so, obviously with peacocks coming on and rotatuna and intensification, the intensification that uh, the central government is looking for with its new ruling. And we need, um, we need a lot of swimming pools. I was looking at Auckland and what they've got in terms of... Uh, 20 you know being able to get to a pool within a 20 minute walking distance and and they've got something like 35 pools and there's multiple overlaps in the two kilometer radius so the people of Auckland are quite spoilt in terms of near swimming venues. Auckland has really pushed that um, but Hamilton seems to be going backwards.
1: Yep, we've got some young councillors like Sarah Thompson on council. She's got to start pushing this, or she'll be she'll be a one term councillor. This is something that she needs to get into too.
4: Yes, well, she's um, she has expressed keenness to us, and she's she's particularly interested in the uh, twenty minute swimming uh, twenty minute city concept and and having green solutions and and getting people out of cars. Um, so yes but you see we need at least six councillors um, and we don't quite have six councillors in favour of the pools
1: well the council won't have to worry about putting fluoride on the water now because it's going to be come under the health department so this, this should be a priority for them
4: yes well um, clearly it isn't um,
1: you 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 sound despairing, Catherine.
4: Well, yes. The, the plans to demolish the municipal pools and uh, just put it on grass are quite far down the track. Grass,
3: not the same, is it?
4: No, no. Walking around and sitting around is, doesn't give you a life skill. That's for sure.
1: Well, well, maybe the they should form a partnership with uh, the uh, regional council the Waipa District Council and have a a pools kind of combine the pools and the costs and put them all together through the councils
4: Yeah well um, they're they're all different councils so (laughs) the regional council doesn't provide, it's not there to provide (coughs) amenities although it put money into the so-called regional theatre.
1: Yeah, but that's another story.
4: <laughs> yes, that's that's another story. Um, yes, it's unfortunate because you know that that area is what we call the water quarter, because uh, you've got the, uh, the the rowing clubs, the Waka Armour clubs, uh, the Waikato Sports Fishing Club, and so on.
3: But no swimmers. Just
4: yeah, yeah. Well, apart from those who uh, those Hardy souls who swim yep. in the river.
3: Well,
1: g- get the pool done. You can have the bikinis and the togs, 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 and you have a face mask that uh, looks like the togs and the bikinis too. So, what a fashion statement for old Kuri uh, Kuri Roa here in Hamilton.
4: Well, that would be nice, wouldn't it? But I, I think most people they actually get changed be- be into their civies before they leave the beach. <laughs>
3: So, Catherine now you're doing a good job together with those other loyal citizens, the ones who remember learning to swim in some cases, visiting the pool in the centre of the city of Hamilton from the schools they were attending, or as adults, making good of the opportunity to be in the fresh air and swimming at the same time. The Ferrybank you- water quarter, uh, it's a concept. There's an architectural plan, but will the city take it up, and in some way include the ideas that you hope in the future plans.
4: Mm.
1: Well, um, you, well, keep us informed, and we'll get back to you, Catherine, on this.
4: Yeah, can I just say one yep. more thing? Um, Hamilton City Library is seeking expressions of interest from people who who want to have to to give their oral histories of their engagement with the the polls. So if anyone who is listening who has had a long engagement with the municipal polls or particularly feels strongly about the municipal polls and and wants their uh, their stories recorded, they should get in touch with the Hamilton Library. Yep.
1: Well, they can't get in there right at this moment because they're putting a new lift in. But when the when the, when the library reopens when the, with the new lift, go in there or we'll do it online, etc, etc and do it through the Hamilton City Council libraries and um, yeah, I love to see some of those old photos of people in those bathing caps and sunbathing on the terraces at the old pool
3: mm. Things change with time not least of all our modes for swimming, but it's basically yeah. a skill that can be a matter of life and death sometime and the sooner we attract children to take the skills of the swimming pool, especially those who continue into competitive swimming, the better.
1: And yeah. and of course, yeah. Catherine, um, they should open the pool, have a, the pool there for the naturalists, and they can—they don't need togs or bikinis, so they can—they uh, can have good exercise too and do what they do. Indeed. Hey, Catherine, it's been a pleasure catching up with you again. Have a, have a good week. Yes, thank
4: you very much.
1: It's a, it's a pleasure. Yes. Seriously, let's let's get on to the council. Hey, elections are coming up in uh, 2022, so get on to them. Well, Mel, we've got a right royal birthday coming up a bit before we find our next guest. Yes, Charles Philip Arthur George was born this day, H.R.H., the Prince of Wales, November 14, 1948. He was born in Buckingham Palace this day in 1948. The youngest son of Princess Elizabeth and the Duke of Edinburgh. He went to Hill House School, Cheam, Gordonstoun in Scotland, Timber Tops in Australia and Trinity College in Cambridge where he learned to speak Welsh because he had to because he was going to become the Prince of Wales. He became the Prince of Wales in 1957 but officially he saw the big party they had in Carnarvon Castle in Wales in 1969. He was uh, in the Royal Navy. Of course, he married Lady Diana Spencer in 1981. You know where that went? Had sons William and Harry, divorced, married to the Duchess of Cornwall. Today, the Prince of Wales, the next King of England. is 73. We found a song from 1948. Sweet
6: and eggs and told her that she had such beautiful manners that suited a girl of her charms, a girl that he wanted to take in his washing and ironing, and then if she did, they could get married and raise lots of sweet violets,
5: sweeter than the roses, covered all. From head to toe Covered all over With sweet violets
6: The girl told the farmer That he'd better stop And she called her father And he called a taxi And got there before Bear Cause someone was doing his little girl right for a change And so that's why he said If you marry her son, you're better off single Cause it's always been my belief Marriage will bring a man nothing but
5: sweet
6: wet anyway and started in planning for his wedding suit which he purchased for only one buck but then he found out he was just out of money and so he got left in the lurch standing and waiting in front of the end of the story which just goes to show all a girl wants from a man is his sweet Sweet violet.
5: Sweeter than the roses, covered all over from head to toe, covered all over with sweet violets, sweet
1: violets. The late Diana Shaw and Sweet Violets. Well, yesterday, listening to our friends at Radio New Zealand, was uh, doing some housekeeping. And guess what they found in their records when they're doing the housekeeping? Discovering the book of banned songs never to be played on Radio New Zealand stations. That's the NZBC included and Radio New Zealand. Well, a lot of them that Charlotte Ryan played on Music 101 yesterday were played, they were originally banned. And, um... There were a few notations. It was an exercise book, I think, A to Z played a few of the songs with notations saying, Never to be played, not to be purchased. Amongst the bands on NZBC, Iggy Pop, David Bowie, The Beatles, and there were a lot of others on the list, and a lot of New Zealanders on the list also. In nineteen fifty-one, a song by Rosemary Clooney, yes, George Clooney's aunt, was banned from nineteen fifty-one. Here we go. <music>
7: Come on to my house, my house. I'm gonna give you apple, plum, and I forgot I do, eh? Come on to my house, my house, come on. Come on to my house, my house, come on. Come on to my house, my house, I'm gonna give you figs and dates and grapes and cakes, eh? Come on to my house, my house, come on. Come on to my house, my house, come on. Come on to my house, my house, I'm gonna give you candy. Come on my house, my house, I'm gonna give you everything Come on to my house, my house, I'm gonna give you Mary drink and the pomegranate, Come on to my house, my house, come on. Come on to my house, my house, come on. Come on to my house, my house, I'm gonna give you peach and pear and I love your hair, Come on to my house, my house, come on. My husband, my husband. Come on to my house, my house, come on. Come out of my house, my house I'm gonna give you each time Come out of my house, my house I'm gonna give you everything Everything, everything Come out of my
5: house
1: Oh, yeah, a bit suggestive. So that's why the band was put on by RNZ Radio New Zealand and the NZBC. Come on, my house, the late Rosemary Clooney. I'm going to play a song from, uh, it was a kit next week, which I can play, because it was also banned from the NZBC. Yeah, that exercise book. It's all on the uh, Radio New Zealand website through Charlotte Ryan. It was a good show yesterday.
3: It's a quarter past one mil. We introduce a film buff, Jeff Leyland. Already the New Zealand International Film Festival has screened for cinema enthusiasts like you, Jeff, at Dunedin, Gore, Timaru, Christchurch, Nelson, and.
8: Not
3: Hamilton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what happened?
8: Nor Auckland.
3: So in Auckland it would have been started and almost over by now, but for yeah. Hamilton. Hmm?
8: Uh, ours was due to start last Thursday evening And we didn't even know what the film was going to be But it was not to be anyway
1: It's in- interesting, we've got these movies And we've got a rising New Zealand star and Tomson Mackenzie. Yeah, sure. who's who's, yeah. The, who's the granddaughter of course of Dame Kate Harcourt And the late Peter Harcourt what a, what a family of actors And I think she's going to be an Oscar winner She's going to be the next Oscar winner I think Yeah
8: I remember, was remembering the day I used to be their postie when I was in Wellington, the Campion
3: family. Mm -hmm. As president currently of the Hamilton Film Society, which has a long history in the city, you must be dismayed at the inroads that other forms of screen have taken over from the cinemas, the cinemas becoming places easily affected by a pandemic. Uh,
8: Yes but I, I did read an article I think it was in the Atlantic and I posted up on our Facebook group that this person was arguing that in fact the cinema is probably one of the most safest public spaces in these days in terms that everyone can sit apart and they're all facing uh, forward and uh, not leaning over each other or conversing with each other um, and they can wear masks so it's a shame that that we, that we've kind of been put in with other um, public venues and, and not been allowed to screen but you know there are more serious considerations I yeah. guess
1: Jeff cross fingers tomorrow that Hamilton will move down a couple of levels for people to go back to the movies are you looking forward to that?
8: Yeah, uh, yeah I hope so um, it's also of course it's dependent on our post cinema the Lido um, what they choose to do but um most cinemas that i've been in contact with they have got really good processes in place in terms of channeling people and seating people apart it, it should be possible and i do hope it's possible because i've missed number many things during this period of lockdown um but other people have had more serious admissions in their life yep. but the most um important thing for me is i haven't been able to get to the cinema yeah and netflix is starting to Kind
1: of pale, and it's a I guess. I, was like, I think they're, I think they're worried Netflix because they've all been sued over the over the crown. And so, um, and 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 of course, if you like to see a good movie Sunday nights, Maori Television around eight thirty, nine thirty, yeah. they have some great movies. Yeah. I I I don't know if you saw the recent black and white Japanese movie, uh,
8: Tokyo Story. Was it? yeah, that
1: was the one. Yeah.
8: And they, they were I noticed they were screening great expectations last night. I, I saw so they... someone there that really knows about film. Um, but the other um, online uh, if you have Sky, really good um, source is Rialto. Um, they show a really excellent selection of films. but it's not the same. You're sitting in the cinema with people you may or may not know. And sharing and sharing experience of laughter and cringing and gasp of horror, and
1: whatever. It, it, it's Jeff. It, it's a strange world because yeah. you can go and get a you can go and get a dose of um, not COVID. You can go and get a dose of uh, Botox, but you can't have a haircut. Yeah, I
8: know.
1: And uh, and of course you can't use a person's toilet if you're having a having a barbecue outside. So yeah, yeah, um, we had
8: friends around last night on the deck. Um, so we were trying to rig up tarpaulins under the. Under the rain, Oh, Ah, anyway. oh, look,
1: look let, <laughs> let, let, let's let's get back back to normal. I don't. I wonder if um, Ashley Bloomfield goes to the movies.
8: <laughs> I, I think so. I think he's an educated fellow, a thoughtful fellow. I think he probably does. But he's been able, he if he's in Wellington, he's been able to. Um, and he's been able to enjoy the pleasures of the film festival.
3: Do so you think that so, two go together? Being educated and enjoying films
8: well it might sound a bit snotty, but it, it, it does it, film society um that i'm thinking of do tend to be older and profile and educated and profile they, they're seeking something beyond you know, mainstream fear
1: yeah no it's it, it's good and I, I think there's a bit of snootiness too and um, I, I listened to an interview on RNZ this morning with Stephen Fry and uh, he's, he reflects on a bit of that. Is there still a bit of snootiness around?
8: Was he going on about ties? I yes, he, he was. was of, uh, yeah, <laughs> ties, okay. Uh, yeah, the film, film um, society in Hamilton um, has been going seven seventy plus years now um, and what I've been... Doing, endeavouring to do is trying to give added value to the membership. So, in the last couple of years we have been getting filmmakers, and particularly when we screen an older New Zealand film, like this year we had screened Leon Nabi's illustrious Energy, and he came down to Auckland with his family for the screening. It was great, and they members really, really like that. You know, making the film, the filmmaker.
3: And still, the education stream that includes film studies is doing well.
8: we don't we don't do that and the university's supposed to do that not always particularly well um it's education despite viewing and talking it's not you know don't sit down and give people's lectures or anything but we will introduce an interesting film like this year we um we i think it's 80th anniversary 80th anniversary of citizen kane we screened it specifically because of its anniversary and um that we um, introduced
1: that film. That movie is lucky to be still on the scene, because yeah. wasn't, wasn't it the publisher that wanted to buy up every copy of it and destroy it?
8: Oh, William Randolph Hearst, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did, <laughs> he was
1: did, the right one, that one. Hey, did it destroy Orson Wells' history, his character making that movie?
8: Oh, he yeah, endeavored to, but not successfully. Um, I've been, i visited his visited the uh, Hearst Castle in California some years ago, mm-hmm. this monument he built, a castle on top of the hill, and it's, it's extraordinary because it's just full of plunder of Europe, you know, there's a 15th century Spanish ceiling next to a 17th century British fireplace, He just kind to throw all this lot together, it was a bit obsessed with might
1: say yeah right. I, I see they're still one of the surviving actors of that golden era and Angela yeah. Lansbury she's still around in uh, her mid 90s now and uh, oh, she's yeah? still she's still making movies and
8: I don't know she might make occasional cameo appearance she was certainly more on television I think in her latter years
1: yeah
8: yeah
1: yeah but another thing you may be interested: radio, radio in New Zealand is one hundred years old this year through the efforts of Professor Robert Jack and. Yeah,
8: November the seventeenth. I hope Radio New Zealand's seen a bit about it, but I hope that someone does. Well,
1: I'm I'm doing my bit. We've yeah. ju- we've just remembered was on the band record list of RNZ and the NZBC, and there's some interesting things. Listening to um, Music 101 yesterday afternoon, and Charlotte Ryan was playing a lot of those songs that were banned but now are are off the band list. Songs like Mac the Knife? Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm going to play a few in the next few weeks, so we're going to look back at that list of... It's similar to what happened with the BBC.
8: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: Do you pine, yes, Jeff?
8: Really. I mean, the most infamous um, event of that kind in cinemas when they did a screening of Ulysses, a film adaptation of James Joyce's Ulysses, and they had a segregated audience, males on one side and females on the other side, with a rope down the middle. And presumably if you yep. jumped a low rope, it was at your peril. I don't know what they were anticipating, kind of. <laughs> what like,
3: was in their
8: or something. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Oh, Jeff, are you one of those who pines for the days of the 35mm projection? Uh,
8: Not necessarily. I like it, but then I, you know, the um, digital now has advanced to a stage that it's difficult to tell the difference. Um, I like the materiality of of film. I like film strips. I I used to, um, when I was teaching, I used to take it, I've got some reels of, of film, and I used to taken the classroom and, and I did a short history of um, the evolution, his short history of the technology of film. And I used to stand on top of lecture theatre and say, look, this is very precious. This is film. You've, this is how film is. When we think of film, this is what we used to think of. It. I said, and you have to treat that really, really gently. And then I'd drop the reel and it re- let it roll the way down the <laughs> lecture theatre. <laughs> And the students were fascinated. They all and I took some scissors, and they were all wanting to have a snippet of you know of, of a dozen frames or whatever, because they didn't they'd never experienced film as film.
3: A good example of seizing the teachable moment, and uh, yeah, they won't yeah. forget that particular oh, yeah, session. It
1: always seemed to yeah. work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just reflecting too that I think RNZ this afternoon and their drama hour this afternoon is going to play an historic radio play featuring Ian Mune and the late Inia Tewata. So that's around three o'clock this afternoon. So I'm looking forward to a play, Ian Mune, who's currently on television, talking yeah. about. talking he's, about
5: I think
8: it's an upcoming short or it's a New Zealand feature.
3: Yeah. Are you were confident, Jeff, that this cancellation of film festivals is a passing sort of blip on I the hope cinematic? So.
8: Um, mm-hmm. The thing is, I, I went out and bought a book the other day called The Gosden Years it's a book really in, um, dedicated to Bill Gosden who was the director of the International Film Festival for 20, 30, 40 years died two years ago I think things have slipped a bit since his time, he, he, he was really really big shoes to fill and he was a guy that dedicated his life to basically film and film exhibition um, and I was always a little little concerned this year that, you know, things got moved, I understood the reasons for it, but then there was no plan B, I only seemed to have a plan A.
3: I think a lot of us are looking to plan B and wondering what it is.
8: I don't think there is one. Um, I think at best it might be they're talking about having a... um, a program of films to screen in Auckland Hamilton next year of festival films that are still available. I think. It, and, and I think quite a few of those films will also get picked up by cinemas. Uh, they already are in other parts of the country, but also here, um, the Tivoli and Cambridge and the Lido, um, once they reopen, yeah. you know, films like um, Power of the Dog, uh, Last Night in Soho.
1: Yeah, no, uh, I've heard all good things. Have you seen the new Jane Campion film?
8: Yeah, The Power of the Dog. No, I haven't. I think that was probably going to open the film festival here. Um, But I know the Tivoli, for example, in Cambridge, a cinema I really like, um, they have it in their upcoming releases.
1: Well, it's thanks to you and Andrea Haynes and Dr. Richard Swainson that we Um, do have a film community here in in Akirikiriroa.
8: we used to have a. I used to go along sometimes. You used to have a, a Sunday night film program. It was a lot of fun. Don't know if you were around when to that. Uh, Johnson used to um, head it, and he'd get the people. We just for an hour or two, just talk film and films.
1: I, I I think one documentary I'm waiting for is the Peter Jackson The Beatles.
8: Yeah, yeah, I don't know if I could sit through six hours of that. <laughs> I always say about Peter Jackson, he's one a director that that leaves you wanting less.
1: Well he became a billionaire again this week, so he's he's uh, a sorry. he's a happy chappy, so uh um. no, it's gonna spend it
8: on. Yeah.
3: We hear the lament of the New Zealand Film Festival's trust, the chair, Catherine Fitzgerald, she says. We were looking forward to bringing more than 50 films from 23 countries to Hamilton audiences this year. So it's with a very heavy heart we announce this. And the same, of course, happened with Auckland's edition of the festival. If things had gone according to plan, the Hamilton Festival would have been due to open last Thursday. It's a big gap in the cinematic year. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's
8: usually always in July and in in the... Committee of the Film Society gets all geared up, and we do a lot of publicity, and and sort of you, you dedicate two or three weeks of your life to going to films, eating bad food in between. But, <laughs> but it's, it's an event. Well, an, I, I, that event.
1: Well, a, as you said, I think people can go to the movies. They can they can separate people in the in the theatres by putting tape over some of the seats. You know, the the old black and yellow tape you see around and say McDonald's and all that. Yeah, yeah,
8: yeah the Lido was doing that in, in level two. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, President of the Hamilton Film Society, Jeff Leyland.
1: Uh, yeah. Good, but, but no bother. It, it's a pleasure. Uh, Mel, you're still wanting to get back to the movies Monday night? Oh, I miss them. You do? Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to what Maori television are going to be showing tonight. Well, as I said, it's the... Birthday of His Royal Highness, the Prince of Wales and Duke of Rothesay today, because that's his Scottish title. Another song from
5: 1948. A, hey, you're adorable, B, you're so beautiful, C, you're a beauty full of charm. Never in Mars G, you look good to me H, you're so heavenly I, you're the one I idolize Gosh, J, we're like Jack and Jill K, you're so kissable L is the love light in your eyes M, N, O, P I could go on Alphabetically speaking, you're okay. Say you made my life complete. B means you're very sweet. W X Y Z. It's fun to wander through the alphabet with you to tell you what you mean to me. <laughs> is it's fun to wander through the alphabet with you though it seems a silly thing to do I L O B E O you I in love with you
1: Yeah that is Gordon McRae and Joe Stafford paying tribute to the Prince of Wales, born this day. It's 28 minutes to 2. A hey, you're adorable. It's called the Alphabet Song.
3: Well, Mel, who's next? James White, left school at 15, given special exemption to work towards an apprenticeship. How did that come about, James?
9: Oh, well, I went to Hamilton Boys High School, um, and then I sort of went to school probably to eat my lunch as such, and um, enjoyed metalwork and woodwork and those sorts of things, but... um, wasn't really going too far with education so I've always been into cars and stuff like that and my brothers owned a um, panel beating business and then later on got into spray painting so I kind of got a special exemption there and uh, left school and, uh, and away we went.
3: You were in the fast lane, you were determined to not hang around school, though you enjoyed it, because you wanted to yeah, get ahead with right, life. Yeah. Yep. How did it work out James?
9: yeah no, it worked out good i've been uh been doing it for 25 years now so I sort of stuck at the at the at the job and uh kept going and really passionate about it and from where i'm standing sort of went a long way with my my um trade and yeah kept going
3: but not always in the waikato you went abroad
9: no nah, yeah I, I was overseas and um and i was in, um, in Aussie for about 10 years and um Got into a lot of custom stuff over there, run a custom shop on the Gold Coast, doing uh, custom Harley Davison's and lowriders and um, a lot of street machine cars and stuff like that.
3: You must love uh, everything that is to do with machines, motors, cars. Yeah,
9: I do. Yep.
3: And these days you are a small business based in Frankton from which you do yep. your special work, your skills in auto refinishing. Yep, that's right. Tell us about the trade and the apprenticeship, if there is one that's offered to younger people wanting to break into the same as you.
9: Yeah, I I believe they're um, giving good incentives now because I I think it's a bit of a dying trade. I think I feel like a lot of people are getting into building as there's been a big boom in the building and there's probably a little bit better money in, in some areas depending on what town you live in and stuff like that in my trade. But I think... The government's given a bit of incentive and I've been hearing it on the radio a bit more. So um might have done one at the moment um, that are that are teaching people. And yeah, there's definitely apprenticeships out there. Um, yeah, it's kind of, I think it's sort of something you've got to have, have in you a bit, but anybody can be uh, be taught something if they're willing to.
3: There's a big decision to step into taking the responsibility or being your own boss, so to speak. What did you call your business? Yeah.
9: Yeah, it is, yeah. So my business is um, High Street Ordinary Finishes, which is um on High Street in Frankton. I kinda of thought even if I moved the name high sort of means above the rest and number one in my head, so I sort of stuck with that name and um yeah, it's been it's been going really good. I've been trading now for about eight months and had a big big setup like we brought a spray booth and we um pulled that down and put it up from a place out in Narawha here that we brought there was um, off old wink out there in Narawha here, panel and Paint Were you um, afraid so
3: we're, well, w- were you afraid James that when the pandemic began that it would knock your business
9: Yeah well hey I, I was sort of, I, I, like I said I mean, it's been about 25 years and I've always thought to myself I wanted to work for myself and I've been building up towards it and I've always been buying tools and stuff like that and probably spending more money on bloody tools than uh and taking my missus out for dinners and such things but um i yeah i, I was a bit worried about it but i i kind of brought my time when that the covid first hit and i kind of waited till i was going to go into business and then um I, I just done it but yeah it was it is it is worrying times with this covid but i've been a bit lucky um i do quite specialized work and I think I do a a pretty good job and use good products so I've been been getting busier and busier but I know that's not the case for a lot of other businesses.
3: Do you have government support?
9: No, I haven't had any but um, I I believe I can get some.
3: Well, the revolution in cars uh, trending towards uh, electric uh, propulsion, is that affecting your trade at all?
9: Ah, uh, funny you say that. Now I've got a really good customer that I deal with. Um, Hamilton EV, which, um, he sells a lot of electric cars and that. So it almost feels like the Jetsons a bit. Um, <laughs> we, we, we paint a lot of electric cars up and yeah, um, things are going that way. And I think you have to move with the times. Yep. Um, I was working at Calaisuzu before I started my own business. I was running the paint shop there as the foreman and I believe they were building electric trucks. So I know. Even heavy transports going that way, so certainly the the everyday car is going electric as well.
3: Well, you've certainly put your time in, James James White, to justify being proud of your achievements.
9: Yeah, definitely have yeah
3: yeah. Hey, thank you, James. Hey, looking looking at cars
1: about three or four basic colours: grey, white, black, and red. Doesn't does that annoy you?
9: No, nah, I, I, I quite like. It. I'm, I'm actually, funny you say that, I like my candies and that, but I, I like the, the basic sort of colours as well. My silvers, my whites, my blacks, and the gunmetal greys. And, yeah, I, I, I still think they look good. And I do a lot of um, old American stuff and um, a few old school Mazdas and stuff like that. Um, bikes, I kind of like the, the traditional sort of colours. So I think they look quite good if you do the rest of the car up, you know, to, so
5: to
1: go with it. Yeah, so if anybody's had a prang this afternoon, where can they find you?
9: Um, I'm at 80B High Street in Frankton, under the Frankton Overbridge there. Yep. A and, neat, uh, yeah,
3: a neat, a neat little corner that you've found for yourself. Has Frankton treated your business well?
9: It has, yeah. Oh, there's a little bit of, uh, all sorts in that area. I get a bit of graffiti on the walls outside the work, but all in all, my business is, uh, pretty looked after and, uh, yeah, I've, we've had nothing but good things come out of there and I, the work just keeps getting more and more.
3: Point. Long may it continue, James White. Twenty-five years in the business, and well, learning the trade, and more than one trade. Yeah, a skilled man. Thank yeah. you, James.
1: It's a pleasure. Yeah, there was a good fish and chip shop in that area too, and that's long gone. So used to get a great feed of fish and chips in the old, wrapped up in the old newspaper too. Thanks, James. It's a pleasure. Twenty-two-two. Let's play some more music.
10: Once knew his children this old house once knew his wife this old house was home and comfort as they fought the storms of life This old house once rang with laughter this old house heard many shouts now he trembles in the darkness when the lightning walks about
3: Ain't you gonna need this house no longer ain't you gonna need this house no more
10: ain't got time to fix the shingles ain't got time to fix the floor To meet the saints This old house is a-getting shaky This old house is a-getting old This old house lets in the rain This old house lets in the cold Oh, his knees are a-getting chilly But he feels no fear of pain Cause he sees an angel peeking Through a broken window pane.
3: Ain't you gonna need this house no longer, ain't you gonna need this house no more
10: Ain't got time to fix the shingles, ain't got time to fix the floor This old house is afraid of thunder. This old house is afraid of storms. This old house just groans and trembles when the night wind flings its arms. This old house is a getting feeble. This old house is a needing paint. Just like him, it's tuckered out, but he's a getting ready to meet the saints.
3: They're gonna need this house no longer, they're gonna need this house no more.
1: Late Rose, Murray Clooney. I think that song was safe for RNZ, NZBC, This Old House. Hey, just a few minutes earlier, I was watching a Tui in and about the bushes outside our window. I see a couple of minor birds are there at the moment. So, great
3: stuff on a windy Kiri Kiri Rowaday, Mel. Yes, we're looking, we're approaching the anniversary of a significant event here in the Pacific. It was the attack on Pearl Harbour. Mm-hmm. It's been examined in detail. How did it happen? Why did it happen? Because the attack was such a success for Imperial Japan. We're looking at a slice of history, the warning that went to waste. For all the pomp and importance directed to training a modern military machine to respond to a foreign threat, it must have failed the United States in the weeks before Japan unleashed its attack on Pearl Harbour in Hawaii where Americans base the Pacific Fleet. Considering this warning from the Chief of Naval Operations to the Commanding General in Hawaii, abridged, Japanese future action unpredictable, but hostile action possible. If hostilities can't be avoided, the United States desires that Japan commit the first overt act. This policy should not be construed as restricting you to a course of action that might jeopardize your defense Prior to hostile Japanese action, you are directed to undertake such reconnaissance and other measures as you deem necessary. But these measures should be carried out not so as to alarm the civilian population or disclose intent. Top secret it was, that message It went out only for the eyes of the most senior officers nearly 80 years ago. Ten days later, after that message, Imperial Japan launched its devastating surprise attack. If only, if only, that it won't change history now.
1: It won't. And of course it was Armistice Day 2 again uh, this uh, week too, Mel. Um, there is 207 new community cases and one death reported in the latest stats for today. Uh, 207 new community cases of COVID-19 in the community and one reported death of a woman in her 90s at North Shore Hospital. Uh, she was admitted from Edmonton Meadows Care Home, which she been in hospital for there. Um, 192 of the new cases are reported in Auckland, and there's two new cases from Rotorua, two more cases in Taru District. I haven't got uh, where Hamilton stands on that, but uh, you can read it later in the afternoon. Shortly um, Trevor will be making his comment this afternoon, quarter to the hour. I don't know whether this song was banned on NZBC or RNZ.
0: While I was walking down- on the beach one bright and sunny day i saw a great big wooden box of floating in the bay i pulled it in and opened it up and much to my surprise oh i discovered a right before my eyes oh i discovered a Right before my eyes I picked it up and ran to town as happy as a king I took it to a guy I knew who'd buy most anything But this is what he hollered at me as I walked in his shop Oh, get out of here with that Before I call a cop Ooh, get out of here with that Before I call a cop I turned around and got right out of running for my life And then I took it home with me to give it to my wife But this is what she hollered at me as I walked in the door Oh, get out of here with that And don't come back no more Oh, get out of here with that And don't come back no more I wandered all around the town until I chanced to meet a hobo who was looking for a handout on the street. He said he'd take most any old thing. He was a desperate man. But when I showed him the... He turned around and ran. Oh, and when I showed him the... He turned around and ran. I wandered on for many years, a victim of my fate. Until one day I came upon St. Peter at the gate. And when I tried to take it inside, he told me where to go. Get out of here with that and take it down below. Get out of here with that and take it down below. The moral of the story is if you're out on the beach and you should see a great big box and it's within your reach. Don't ever stop and open it up. That's my advice to you. Cause you'll never get rid of them. No matter what you do. You'll never get rid of them. No matter
1: what you do. The late Phil Harris on Free FM 89.0. Looking back at music. The theme—that that is the name of that song. Trevor remembers that. I do, actually, yes, uh, amongst many tunes of that era. Yeah, this is because um, RNZ yesterday, they discovered the book that uh, A to Z are songs that never to be played on RNZ or NZBC and uh, Radio New Zealand National Program have dug it up and they're going to play a few tracks. I'm going to find out what else is on the list <laughs> over the next few weeks. Right. But they all can be played right now. So what's been uh, troubling you this week?
11: Well, I was just listening to your show earlier on about the municipal pools in lower Victoria Street and young people being deprived of swimming. I I just wanted to add to that, not that I'm against the the municipal pools, I'm all for it, but I I think, don't schools have swimming pools now? I know some have got rid of them, but uh, I think that should be an essential part of the schooling as well as they were in our day. Uh, so people can at least learn to swim anyway. Yep, my old school Kaipaki.
1: If there's anybody in Kaipake listening, they used to have a swimming pool, school swimming pool. It's long gone. They took
11: it out. Yeah, uh, as I know they've been taking a lot of them out, and I think that's wrong, but uh, that's strengthened the case for the municipal pool, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I was going to talk about today was right, roughly to do with last week. Yes. Uh, I, I started a bit of a hornet's nest about my solution for global warming. <laughs> Yeah, and some people have asked me if I could mention it again this week uh, for those that did not quite catch understand what I was saying. Uh, What I was talking about is coal burning uh, places for uh, electricity in there, like Huntry Power Station, and all over the world, they all got these big chimneys, all this polluted smoke billows out, and causes all this problem in the in the climate. What my solution was that. We have a huge contamination, decontamination chamber, probably roughly the size of a football field, about three to four storeys high, and all that pollution is pumped into it at high pressure, and once it gets in there, it's diluted through high-pressured water f- coming from the ceiling, which is recycled up back up into the ceiling again, at high pressure, going 24-7, or as long as the factory is working, and therefore that'll be all diluted, what comes out, would have come out the chimney and therefore leaving the air clear. And another factor was, I don't know how was, whether this was feasible or not, to have a carbon monoxide filter system built into the exhaust system of all cars that filters out the carbon monoxide so that clean air and smoke that comes out the exhaust. I don't know if that's physically or scientifically possible, but then uh, the industrial engineers or uh, climate change scientists are listening to this, they think, well, that's an avenue we could explore. It could happen. Mm -hmm. But, of course, you get these climate change
1: people like Greta Thornburg, who was, I don't know how she travels the world. Who pays her to travel the world? She was in Glasgow protesting with more blah, blah, blah. James Shaw was there, but he's a government minister. And uh, they worked into the night to have a new a new
11: agreement uh, at COP26 in Glasgow.
1: So um, Yeah, the,
11: the, it's, uh, it's, what she's saying, the, the, they the, say the right things, but if somebody said this should be done this, and this is how we're going to do it, this is the big question, and I, I haven't heard that said as yet. Yeah, it's quite an interesting
1: thing, and um, I, I always have to mention all these deniers of
11: COVID-19. Oh. Tell me about it. What a bunch of losers. They were holding up everything in town yesterday. was in town here were they Yes, I couldn't get I was going from Pack and Save to countdown. It took me twenty five minutes because of the roads blocked by them. Did did you hear what uh, Phil Goff, the mayor of Auckland, said? It's I think it's about time
1: the police started to take some action on these people. Um, I am shocked. Yeah.
11: So you you saw it yesterday. I I, I was like, oh, the tooting horns left, right and centre and I, I don't know what's going on. I, I found out for a countdown, somebody in a countdown told me. Well, they should all be arrested. Well yes, I caused them a terrible Take their take take their cars off them. The
1: police have been so slow, they um, they arrested Brian Tamaki but he breached twice and there's there's one of those protesters that got COVID nineteen, so yeah,
11: uh, well, this is the thing. it's uh, it's it's it, it's sad. I know I've had it and I'm still alive. What are the, what, the you, what, what what have you
1: had? The jab. The jab. I'm double vexed. Yeah. Um and yeah, no, I I had no hesitation whatsoever to get the jab. My brother's got it and my sister and probably brother in law have got it. I've got family in Tarpo, I'm worried about them right at this moment. Uh, and because they've got four cases of COVID in um in um in Taupo and in the Taurua area of Rotorua's got it. So, yep, it is it is spreading. But what we need, don't need, is these. I have to say this word. I will possibly be given the boot here. Dickheads <laughs> who who That's are tra- travelling around <laughs> New Zealand, uh, renter crowd, who are causing angst around the country and. I think it's about time the mayor of Hamilton spoke out like other
11: mayors, like Phil Goff. Yeah, I remember he was mentioned at one time, Phil Goff, there. Some of the protesters are saying it's a hoax. How ridiculous is that? Well, listen, it is not a hoax. We've got a pandemic in this country. It is killing
1: people. You just heard me say there was a 90 year old who died in that rest home in Auckland. That's on the latest stats. Um, I can't find the current state of how many cases we have got today. They've got cases all over the place, so we'll leave the health department to sort out the sort out the uh. the notes for today. And will there was about two hundred and seven yesterday, so. Um, so we'll look forward to later this afternoon. Hey, thank you, Trevor. I've, I've vented my spleen this afternoon, so have you. <laughs> oh, well, that's right. And I think people wanted to hear it as well. Hey, you, you, you probably heard the film guy speak earlier too. We were talking about Orson Welles and that movie he made, that it's the anniversary of that movie. Well, Orson Welles made another terrific movie too. Did you ever see the movie The Third Man? I don't think I have. It's a very old movie. I think it was it back is. in the late 40s. Do you it? remember the tune that went with it? Oh, I remember the tune. yeah. <laughs> the old zither. <laughs> Anton Karras, time to go. It's five to two. That's it for today. It's four minutes to two. I'll leave you at a good tune. Solomon King to take us out to Harmony Waikato, which is not far away. Have a good Sunday afternoon. Goodbye. Where's
5: my ring? To show